If you will, please make your way over to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 9, where we pick up the narrative, the storyline of where we left off. The nation of Israel has asked for a king. The nation of Israel, its beginning was with God bringing them into a place where, again, they were nothing without him. They were a small little nation. He began to do it with Abraham, and, and he says, out of you, the nations, you know, you know will be and stuff. And, and, they, and God had ruled over them this whole time. And now they've come to a time when they've had rebellion and they've gone after foreign gods. They've come back for him. They've had different leaders. They've had judges over them. Now Samuel has come on the scene after hundreds of years and they're beginning to hear God once again and he's beginning to proclaim God to them and then they turn around and it's like, you know what? Your kids aren't walking after the Lord and we need a king to rule over us. Because they wanted to be just like every other nation. They wanted to be just like every other nation. And as much as they wanted to be just like every other nation, they can't and they will never be just like every other nation. Even to this day, the nation of Israel cannot be just like every other nation. They might try and they might want to, but it just so happens that the God of Israel continues to be their God. And so they can try, back then, they can try to fit in and... um, And it's just never going to work completely. Again, because the God of creation is the God of Israel, I was thinking about this, how they wanted to be like everybody else. And I was thinking about, you know, sometimes we watch a movie and uh, where there's this young prince or princess and they've always been looking out into the world from their castle or from their little domain and they want to be just like a normal person out there and so they run away they go out there because they just want to be among the people they want to be just like everybody else and they can never be just like everybody else because even though they're out and they're doing their own thing their dad is still the king of their you know their kingdom there and so they just can't be because their dad is still the king over there and and as they try and fit in if people find out who they really are things change even though they might say well i'm i but i don't want that it's like yeah but you're still royalty there's still something about you you know it's like well just treat me the same as you did before you knew i was a prince or a princess and it's like okay but they can't because you're still royalty. And it's just really hard once people find out. And it's interesting that even in some of those kinds of movies, if, if the king knows that his son or his daughter is out there or knows where they're at, you know, you, you see how he sends his people out there, protect them, make sure they're okay. Always be, you know, keep an eye on them wherever they're at. They want to go do their own thing. But you keep an eye on them. Because, again, he hasn't stopped being their father, who happens to be the king. And so they really just can't be like everybody else. And the nation of Israel 
even though they wanted to be just like every other nation, God was still going to have his hand upon them and in what they were going to be doing. He will give them what they want. They want a king, but he won't take his eyes off of them. Church, just know one thing, that when, when you came to Christ, when you decided, I want to follow Jesus, at that very moment when you received him, just the way you, you, you were, you can never be the same after that. Because you're the son, you're the, the daughter of the king of the universe, the creator of the universe. And so as much as you want to go act like the world at times, you can never be just like the world. Because the Holy Spirit is around you to protect you continually because God sends them. He's like, watch over them. They want to they, they go and explore again, but bring them back. When, when they get in trouble, because I'll, I'll let them go so far, I'll bring them back. And so we can never, ever be just like everybody else anymore. You know too much already. <laughs> even if you're a young Christian. So 1 Samuel chapter 9, we'll do the whole chapter, but let's read to verse 10 for right now. <clears throat> there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, Kish the son of Abiel, Abiel, the son of Zeor, the son of Bekarah, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among all the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Cush, Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and rise and go. Look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shal. But they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalem. And they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. Then they, when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant, Come, uh, said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, Look now, there is a city, in, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass, so let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul, 
again and said, look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man was, went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. The, the, the narrative here, the storyline has now changed. All of a sudden, the focus is now going to be on a different character than Samuel. We, we, we see a new person coming into the story who is named Saul, who will be the first king of Israel. But first, we are introduced to his father, Kish, which is proper because that's the way it normally went throughout the scripture, that, that they would tell you who this guy came from. And so he would give you a little lineage, or we normally get a little lineage, a little genealogy of where he comes from. And so in verse 1, we get a little genealogy of Kish. And, uh, and it tells us there that, that Kish was a Benjamite and that he was a mighty man of power. The tribe of Benjamin was the smallest of all the tribes of the, of the sons of, of Jacob, the sons of, of the nation of Israel. Um, Benjamin was the youngest son of Jacob, but he was also one of the favorites as well. If you remember the story, Jacob had 12 sons from four different women. And Rachel, the one that he loved the most, didn't have any kids until towards the end where he had um, Joseph and then Benjamin was the last one. And Benjamin was close to his heart. He was kind of like the favorite son of, of, um, of Jacob. And, and this, this allotment of land that was given to Benjamin was where the future Jerusalem would be. It's not huge like some of the other tribes that they had, all this massive kind of land. Benjamin, it, it was right, if, if you have your map or if you look at your map where the Dead Sea is on the north side of the Dead Sea alongside the, the, the uh, Jordan from about Jericho on over uh, past Jerusalem. And it wasn't very wide, but it was a small little piece of land. So not only was he the youngest, but he also had a small piece of land, but it was located around the future Jerusalem. And Kish, it says, was a mighty uh, man of power. In spite of what Saul will say in, in verse 21, that they are like uh, the least of the tribe and they are not really that popular or that big, um, he, he, he was a man of power, it says. His father was maybe not as powerful to where if he lost some donkeys, he could just write off the donkeys. It's like, oh, the stupid donkeys. They've just gotten out again. We have millions of them. He, he probably wasn't that powerful as far as wealth. And so when they lost some donkeys, he had to go get them back. And so he couldn't just write off these donkeys, but he was a man of power, it tells us. All of that fits well in the storyline, in the narrative, 
when, when one is looking for a king, you, you, you want to come from, from a good place, Benjamite, even though they were the small, they were the favorite. So you, 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 you want to have some kind of prestige coming along if you're going to be some kind of a king. And so, you know, to have some power, to, to be a favorite, um, it all has a good start to it. And so here's the other part of that as they're looking for a king. Verse 2 tells us that this guy Cush had a choice and handsome son by the name of Saul. That doesn't hurt either. You know, to be easy on the eyes as a politician, to be some kind of a little eye candy for the people. It's like, hey, that's my king right there, man. Good looking too. He's awesome. I just kind of think it's kind of amazing how it's written here that there was not a more handsome person than he. Can you imagine that? And I know that we all have to imagine that because we're not the most handsome here for the most part in all the land. But this man was. And I'm thinking, can you imagine how amazing this guy looked? I mean, everywhere he went, it's like, whoa. Even the guy's probably like, Dang, he is a good-looking man. Nothing there, but he is just a good-looking man. Look at that guy. People were proud to be around. I'm sure the servant that he said, hey, go with him, was like, heck, yeah, I'll go with him. <laughs> but can you imagine being the most handsome? <laughs> Again, it's a good start for a king, right? It's a good start. You come from good stock, Benjamin. You have some power behind you, and you're easy, easy on the eyes to look at. It's like, not bad. And, get this, he is tall. <laughs> he is head and shoulders literally above everybody else. Can you imagine how tall this cat is? Unless everybody else was short. If everybody else was short like my size and everybody else was like six, you know, six, five, you know, it's like that's head and shoulders above me for sure. But this guy was tall. All it has to tell us is he was kind of dark, tall, dark and handsome. I mean, he had everything going for him. I just think, man, this is the perfect guy. This is the perfect guy to be on your coins. You know, this is the perfect guy to, to put statues up and say, man, oh man, that's my king. And I think it's kind of interesting that he being the first king of Israel, because this is what the people wanted, that God would say, I found the perfect guy that everybody will like. Because he's tall, maybe not dark, but I'm sure he had a tan. He probably had some flowing hair. All of that stuff. Here's the perfect guy that you people want to have. Because if you know the rest of the story, it, 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 it is interesting that God does quite the opposite when he chooses a guy that he wants. Because when Samuel is told to go to the house of Jesse to go look for the king that God wants, and he starts looking at all these other hunks pass by going, they're all easy on the eyes. 
They're all like eye candy. And God tells him, hey, I don't want you looking at the outside here. That's not what I want to see. Go get that short, <laughs> ruddy. He was good looking too. Go get that short and ruddy guy, David. Go get him. Again, it was easy on the eyes too. But, but it's just interesting how God, when he wants his man, he says, I don't care what they look like. I want to see his heart. I want you to know his heart. But what the people want is all the outward, all the, all the show for the outside. But Because we never see here with Saul, it never mentions that he had any kind of spirituality. None of it. We don't know where he comes from in that sense. I'm sure, he, well, he's Jewish, but it doesn't say that he was like, ingrained but he's good looking and he is tall and everybody would be proud to call him their king and so in verses three to five it gives us this little story now the donkeys of cush they 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 got lost They, they 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 went out there now i i'm not a i'm not an animal kind of guy i i i I don't know how often donkeys get out and get lost. I, I don't know that. I don't know if this was just some freak accident that happened, that somebody left the, the doors open, the gates open, and the stupid donkeys headed off, and, and they're lost somewhere. And again, it, it must be good for them. Their donkeys is like, it's my favorite donkey. Go look for my favorite donkey or something, because they could not just write off these donkeys. And so for some reason... God is interested in getting these donkeys out of the way because God has a plan here. And I think it's really interesting that God uses donkeys in how he's going to bring about his first king. Now, I do know that God can use lost donkeys To bring Saul and Samuel together because they end up at the same city to get the ball rolling and how all of this is going to come about. But, again, I'm not around animals like that a lot, but I've watched a lot of cartoons that have to do with donkeys and, uh, and, 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 and movies even. And they're always portrayed as being stubborn. You know, they're always sitting down, they're always pulling on them, come on, and it's like, no. And I just think, Lord, is, is, is there a picture that you're trying to paint here about how this first king will have to deal with the nation of Israel, that they are a stubborn people? Because it's interesting, when we see, when he starts talking about David and when he's going to go and grab David, where is he at? He's out with the sheep. He's leading and guiding and protecting the sheep. And see, he would be a king that would be that kind of of a person to protect and guide and lead the nation of Israel. Oh, I'm sure they'll still have their stubbornness because sheep can probably be stubborn too. I don't know. But it just caught my eye as I was looking at this going, wow, Lord, here the first king, what the people want. They've dug their heels in, and they're saying, we want a king. And he says, well, I'm going to use some donkeys here 
to get these, this ball rolling with the people. What we do see with Saul here, this tall, dark, or this tall, amazing, good-looking man, what we see about him is that he was obedient to his father. Again, I don't know how powerful his dad was or, or where he fell in, in rank of all the kids, but obviously he said, hey, you, Saul, tall, big guy, tall, you, go. Maybe you can look over the horizon. I don't know. But you go look for my donkeys. And so we see that, that Saul is obedient to his father. We see that he is dedicated to making sure he gets them back because he doesn't stop. We know later that it was about at least three days that he was out there. So these donkeys, they, they weren't sitting around. They were like on the move. They were going. They were evading these guys. But they were dedicated to go finding this don- these donkeys. We know also from, from just this chase that he doesn't give up easily. He, he doesn't turn away. And that he is also concerned about others. He was concerned about his servant. He was concerned about his dad. He's, he, he finally told his servant, hey, you know what, we just need to stop. Let's just go back because at this point, dad, my dad, is going to start worrying about us. And so let us, let us return. And so from verses 6 to, to 10, we see that as they... Wherever they were at, all of a sudden the servant says, Hey, um, look now, there is, this, there is in this city a man of God in verse 6. And he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. Let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way we should go. And so his servant tells him, Hey, let's just stop here. They just so happen to be at the very same place or city that the man of God, Samuel, was supposed to be at. Now, I don't know for sure if this servant knew or not that Samuel was supposed to be there. I, I don't know if he knew the circuit that he was doing. But he says, I know that, the, that he's here. For some reason, he knew that this was the city. He knew that this was one of Samuel's stops. And he also knew something about Samuel. He knew what he was all about. Now, again, here we don't have any indication that Saul knew anything about Samuel. He didn't know about him being there. He didn't know, he really didn't didn't know much about him because we don't see that he was very religious. But we do know just from that little story here that he had the presence of mind that when we do run into this guy, this man of God, we should present him with the gift or something because that was the custom uh, in that time. And he he, he was worried about that. We have nothing to present him. So he knew something about it, but maybe he didn't know who this guy was. But the servant... The servant, he does give us a, a little glimpse of, of Samuel and his character, who, who Samuel was, because he's, he knows that he is a man of God. And he also knows that he is an honorable man. And that, and that he is right on um, in, in the things that he says, that whatever he says ends up coming to pass. So he's heard about this man. The, his, his, his reputation has preceded him. 
And, and so his thought is, if he is a man of God, if he is an honorable man, if what he says comes to pass, hey, how about if we just go inquire of him and see if he can lead us and guide us? And I like that. And I like the fact that this servant, he understood who Samuel was. Samuel was walking the walk. And I shared with you last week how his sons decided not to walk like he walked. It wasn't that Samuel was doing bad or that he was a bad example to his sons. I believe, and again, we have another description of this man. He was honorable. He was doing what was right. His kids just decided not to follow after his God. But Samuel, he was a man of, inte- of integrity. He was a man that, that, that was up, upright in, in, in the way he conducted himself, that even this servant, a Benjamite, again, they were, they were on the south side of Ramah. Ramah would be on the, on the north side. It was still in that region right there. But, but he knew about him. And so he gives us a glimpse So it's almost like Saul had nothing to lose here. And I think that it is interesting that people will do just about anything or go just about anywhere to go find what they're looking for. And when somebody suggests, hey, man, I just see you spinning your wheels. Hey, how about, how about if, I, if, I, if I show you what God can do in your life? Oftentimes people are like, ah, I ain't got time for God. But they will go and do anything, just about anything, and go anywhere. And so it's almost like with some people, it's like, what do you got to lose? If you've tried everything, if you've been looking for something and you can't find it, why don't you turn to God? And some people, it's like, that's the last thing I want to do. Well, maybe this is the last thing you can do. But I like the fact that, that Saul didn't just say, you know what, you're crazy. Let's go home. We, 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 we should just get on home. No, he, he, was, he was interested in going and inquiring of God. And so they went. And so in verse 11, it says, As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going down to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, Yes. There he, hit, there he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes because... He must bless the sacrifice afterwards. Those who are invited will eat. Now therefore go up. For about this time you will find him. So they went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out towards them. On his way up to the high place. I, I, I find this amazing here. Um, I really do. I think oftentimes when we're reading in the Old Testament like this, we, we oftentimes just kind of read through and get to the main story, get to the main characters, get to the, get to the, 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 the chase. We cut to the chase. We let, let, just, just give me all, all, all the facts here. 
And I find it interesting that it's these little things that, that I find fascinating at times, maybe because I do have a lot of time to study and just kind of dig deep. But, and not that we will always cover all the little details. But what we do see here in the details is how God orchestrates everything. How he puts people right where they're supposed to be. And he uses situations to put people where they need to be. And guys, when we really start thinking about what God does in our lives and how sometimes we end up somewhere and we're going, Lord, what, what's the reason for me being over here and not over there? Why did I have to get in the longest line here, Lord God? When that, you know, it says express, but it's nothing but an express line. And all of a sudden, God just opens up a door and you're going, oh, this is why you had me wait. Here I was getting so impatient. And it's the little things like that, oftentimes in our lives, that we miss because we're such in a hurry and, and we forget that, Lord, how can you use me in this little instance here? Because these young girls who went up the hill to fetch a pail of water, or no, they were going down the hill to fetch a pail of water. <laughs> it was the other guys that were going up the hill. But, but these young girls... They had no clue that they were going to be part of history because this young strapping Saul, as he's walking, turns to these girls and I'm sure they're already like, oh my goodness, look at that man. And he talks to them and, and, and they're, he's asking, is the seer here? And I could imagine what these young girls are probably thinking, did he just ask me to marry him? because <laughs> he's so dashing, because he's so amazing. <laughs> I'm sure they're just like, the seer? <laughs> Saul and his servant are asking, where is the seer at? And these girls are just like in awe. And they began to give him some information, probably way more information that they really wanted because they just kind of want to keep on talking because they, they like go into detail, don't they? Which is kind of neat because, again, there's detail here. They tell him it's about the time that he should be coming in. And blah, blah. They couldn't have just said, yeah, he's here. he's here. We'll see you later. It's like, oh, and let me tell you what he's wearing. <laughs> and let me tell you where he's going to end up. And let me tell you, and okay, thank you. No, no, but let me tell you where... And they just kind of were like giving him all this little detail, which I think is fascinating because Saul and his servant are going, oh, wow, more than I needed for sure, young lady. But thank you. Thank you. So they know exactly where to go. They know exactly which way to turn. They know exactly where he's going to be because they have gotten all these details. And guys, God is into details all the time. I know as men, we just want facts, but sometimes he, he wants us to understand the details. And so... They go up there, and, and, and I'm sure his servant, Saul and his servant, thought, well, <laughs> I hope we get to him before he goes in because we don't have an invitation to go in and eat with him. So we need to catch him and ask him, hey, um, we have some donkeys that are gone. Can you tell us where they're at? And so they're wanting to, to get all the, you know, to talk to him. And lo and behold, as, as they're walking, here comes Samuel. Saul has no clue who Samuel is. 
Not at this point. He has no clue. But the girls had told him this is where he's going. And so Saul is coming out and we pick it up in verse 15. It says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came saying, tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. And you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So, so when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them. For they have been found, and on whom is all the desires, the desire of Israel. It is, is it not on you and, your, and all your father's house? Then Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite? of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. Why then do you speak th like this to me? Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, on which I said to you, set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Here it is, what was kept back. It was set apart for you, eat. For until this time it has been kept for you, since I said, I invited the people, so Saul ate with Samuel that day. Whoa, this is amazing here. Once again, we can just read through this story and say, oh, how nice. What a, what a cute little story. It's all, the coincidence of it all, how everything just kind of fell into place. How interesting how, how things happen like that. We can just read on and continue going. But there was something going on here that, that I think that we truly need to, to understand, to, to wrap our heads around this. Because what we see here in verse 15 is that Samuel had put himself in a place, he had put himself in a place to hear the voice of God. He had put himself in a place where his spiritual ears were open. To, to what God was going to say to him. And he knew the voice of God. 
Now, it, it would have been an odd story if God was speaking and Samuel didn't know his voice. But we know that as a little child, he had heard the voice. We understand that throughout his years, he was learning and, 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 and immersing himself in the things of God. So he was in a place where his ears were open to hear the voice of God. And because his ears are open to hear the voice of God, he is able to understand and perceive God's voice from any other voice. And, and, and so he puts himself in this situation where he has been listening and, 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 and waiting on God, and God finally speaks to him. And he tells them, this is the way it's going to roll. This is the way it's going to come down. Tomorrow, about this time, you're going to meet a man, and he will be a Benjamite, and he will be coming towards you, and, and this is what you're going to do. And what we have here in, in this whole thing, because what we see here is that Saul and his servant have no clue what's going on. They have no clue how, how God is orchestrating this, this elaborate scheme to bring them together because there's something about to happen. Their dinner plans have been changed, basically. <laughs> God had put it all together. But Samuel, he was aware. He was aware of everything that had been going on already. He had been listening. He was expecting Saul. It's interesting because he was inspect, expecting Saul in such a way that in his invitation for people to come, I don't know if there was a number of people, but there was already an RSVP from God for two that need to be there. So you invite whoever you want, but there's two people that are going to be here. Well, I don't know if the servant was invited, but maybe he was. I don't know. <laughs> Snuck him in. But the place of honor was already set apart for a guy named Saul, a Benjamite. I don't know if you knew the name, but that place was already so much so that he was expecting this, that he had already set apart some meat for him, for the guest of honor. He had already told the cook, you make sure you cook this like this. It, it, it would have been a blast to know that, oh yeah, and he likes it, you know, like rare. <laughs> that would have been like, just the way you like it. It's like, who are you? How do you know all that? But what we see here is the Holy Spirit revealing to Samuel what is about to happen. And, it, and, and you could only know that if you're in a place to hear God. I mean, again, other people who don't hear God, it's like, oh, it's just a coincidence, right? <laughs> and it's like, no, God is always orchestrating things, guys, in our lives. He really is. Sometimes we, we, we totally miss it, and it's not until a day later, a week later, a month later, it's like, oh, my gosh, because you run into that same person. It's like, didn't I just like, and, and there's a connection that happens or something happens, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, God was already doing something right back then. I, I believe that God is always at work in our lives, especially his children. He is, and I, again, man, we can get into the sovereignty of God and it will blow us away. And it's like, ah, let's just stop. But he is always at work. And I believe that when we are regularly in his word, when we are regularly wanting to hear from God, we will see things happening more often than other people, even other believers. 
because we are actively putting ourselves in a place to hear God's voice. We are actively opening up our, our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to us. And I believe He will speak. I truly believe that He will do that. Because if you're not listening or if you're not in the Word of God and you're not listening to hear from Him, then you don't know the voice of God. There's, there's times that God will speak and you have no clue what that is because your, your spiritual ears are, are, are muffled. There's so much other noise that you're allowing in that you cannot hear the voice of God. And, 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 and again, I can't tell you it's been an audible voice, but I can hear God's voice and it's usually coming from His Word because it's leading us, it's guiding us. Just like Saul or Samuel was going to do. Just like they went and asked him for direction. It says that he, he, he could guide us. He could tell us where to go. Guess what, what this tells you? It tells you where to go. It tells you what to say. It tells you everything. Now, I, I'm not opposed to, to saying, I know that God could speak into your heart as well. That his Holy Spirit in that still small voice can speak to your heart and remind you of things. But he can't remind you if he hasn't taught you already. And so here we have what I believe, what we're looking at here is the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom happening here. He is open to hear what God is speaking. And the word of knowledge here is that there is a man coming. He is a Benjamite. Now, a word of knowledge is something that, that, that you can't otherwise know except God revealing it to you. It, 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 it wasn't like planned out in another way. It was God revealing it to you. And you said something or you did something and it's like, whoa, that was God. The word of, of, of wisdom is, and you're going to anoint him. Here's the action that you're going to take. After he's been revealed to you, there's an action for you to take. And this is what you got to do. And he gives it to him right there in, in verse 16. You shall anoint him, commander over my people. You cannot just on your own say, hey, you want to be king? You're a handsome guy. I'm sure there was other handsome men, not as handsome as him, but there was other guys. But he could not go up to any other guy and say, hey, you want to be commander of the whole nation of Israel? No, it was God doing a work in his life, and he was open to hear the Spirit of God, and he was able to act. Again, guys, if you are in the Word of God on a regular basis, and you are baptizing the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit has come upon you in such a way that you have the power of God upon you, then I could guarantee you, you're going to be seeing things and hearing things that you're going, whoa, Lord, that you would not otherwise have if you hadn't opened your spiritual ears to the Spirit of God. I think oftentimes we get scared or people going, gosh, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to tell somebody, I think that this is what the Lord's saying for you. But I could guarantee you, if you're in the Word of God and He gives you that confidence, He will give you the boldness to share it. The word of knowledge here was that there's a man coming. The word of wisdom is, and you're going to anoint him. And I truly believe that that same voice that spoke to Samuel back then is still speaking to men today. Spiritual men and women 
that are willing to hear and be in the Word of God because God still speaks today. I truly believe that. When Samuel was told by the elders of Israel that they wanted a king, I believe, and it tells us that Samuel prayed to the Lord, and I believe that he continued to pray and seek the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him when, when they asked, or when they said, hey, we want a king, the Lord spoke to him. He said, you listen to them. And I'm sure he's going, it doesn't make sense, Lord. You just listen to them. And I believe, and I have no doubt, that Samuel continued to seek the Lord in prayer for the nation of Israel. And that is why when God spoke to him, he was ready to listen. Not only was he ready to listen, but he was ready to act on it. Now, again, it takes a lot of faith to go up to somebody and say, um, you're going to be king. It takes a lot of faith to go tell your cook, oh yeah, put an extra you know, thigh leg for uh, this guy that I'm, who is it? Well, I, I don't know exactly who he is, but just put another one. Do it. He, he, he took action because God had spoke. And I think this is where we cower oftentimes because we don't want to look bad. What if, God, God, are you telling me to go talk to this person? What if they yell at me? What if they reject it? What if they, t again, when God speaks, he expects us to act on it. If, if Samuel would not have acted on this, it would have been more embarrassing than if he would have because he wouldn't have been prepared to talk to this guy. But I have no doubt that he heard God's voice and I have no doubt that as he was seeking God and put himself in a place to hear from God that he was able to act with confidence. Saul didn't know who Samuel was. And when he asked, hey, where's the seer's house? The Lord had already said, there's a the guy. He's coming right at you. <laughs> I can't imagine Samuel just like chilling like, all right. <laughs> Maybe, I, I, I don't know, I always put myself in the story. I would have like been, that's a guy. Oh my gosh, come here, bro, come here. I have something to tell you. He was so excited. But Saul had no clue what was going on. He had no clue what was about to change in his life. Because in verses 19 to 20, 24, Samuel begins to say, hey, I, I'm the guy, this and that. And, and, you know, Saul, you know, puts his heart at ease, or Samuel puts Saul heart, Saul's heart at ease and says, you found me, the guy that you've been looking for. And, and, and I would have told him, and your mind is about to be blown. <laughs> But here's another word of knowledge that, that God gives Samuel. Because nobody had said anything about donkeys. Not that we know of. And he says, oh, and by the way, those donkeys that were lost three days ago, they're already found, so don't be anxious for them. God's already taken care of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, who told you? Who told you? The communication was not like the communication today. Who told you? God had told them. This man's looking for some donkeys and you set his heart at ease. That they are at home and they are safe. And then he says this to him. And he says, come and eat with me in verse 19 and I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart's desires. 
And this is another word of knowledge. Because could it be, is it possible that Saul had a desire to be the king of Israel, but he had not said anything to anybody. He had not told the soul about what his desire was. And he says, I will tell you what's in your heart's desire. I, I will tell you what you're desiring. And then he says, and on whom, <clears throat> and on whom is all the desire of Israel? Now, somehow Saul understood this to imply that he was the chosen king of Israel. Somehow he knew that. It, it, it is quite possible that because Saul was the most handsome El Guapo in the land, because he was the handsomest in all the land, the fairest of them all, that everybody knew him or knew about him. It's quite possible. And he was the desire of all of Israel. That man should be our king. It's quite possible. And so let me paraphrase for you what Saul says in verse 21. He says, little old me? Ah, oh, shucks, you can't be talking about my little tribe of Benjamin. Really? No, re me? Ah, <laughs> oh, you just go on. <laughs> you can't be talking about me. Because he, he almost sounds like, no, nah, you're talking to a Benjamite. We, we're, we're the lowest of the low. And it's like, but wait a minute, your dad's powerful. There is something, and, and there, there could be this humility about Saul here going, why, why would it be me? I'm sure he's like, I don't know, because you're handsome, you're good looking. Now here's, again, how much confidence Samuel had in that he had heard the voice of the Lord. And this story lets us know that he had already set aside a portion for him. A portion of food had already been set aside for Saul. And he was already in the place of honor. There was a place waiting for him. It would have been freaky if his name Saul. It's like, you know, you know how you put the names of everybody. It's like, what the? You put my name on there? It's like, I knew you were coming. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it that God would have gone that far to show this is the guy I'm, I'm, I'm choosing for the nation because I've heard their cry. And this is what they're looking for. They're looking for something that is outward. They're looking for something that, that, that will make them proud of who they are, that, that will be the face of the nation of Israel. I'll give them what they want. In verse 25 to the end of the chapter, it says, When they had come down from the high place to the city, Samuel spoke to Saul on the top of the house. They rose early, and it was about the dawning of the day that Samuel called to Saul at the top of the house, saying, Get up that I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell your servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on. But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you 
the word of the Lord. And this is where we'll pick it up next week where he begins to tell them, you're the chosen one. And this is going to be a private anointing here before the public. But that next morning, and I'm wondering, how, how did Saul sleep? <laughs> how, how could he sleep? I'm sure his feet were hanging out the side of the bed, but how could he sleep knowing that all this had happened? All this had just come, like, oh my gosh, my mind has just been blown. But it wasn't not only the, non, the dawn of a new day, it was a not, the dawn of a new time period that they would go from monarchy or from theocracy to a monarchy and he would be the one he was the chosen one the handsome one El Wapo. he would be the one let's pray Father in heaven we thank you and we praise you Lord God for Lord just showing us once again how you can speak to man Lord, that when we put ourselves in a place, Lord God, especially in your word, you will speak. And I just pray, God, that we would all be open to desire to hear your word, to know your voice, Lord. Lord, that as we read, we will understand and get to know that voice in our lives, Lord. Your, your word tells us that, that your sheep, they, they know your voice, Lord. And I pray that, God, as, as we seek you, as we desire you, that we would hear your voice more and more. That, Lord, everywhere we go, we would be looking for your divine appointments, Lord. That, 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 that even in the, the, the mundane part of life, Lord God, that we would see or want to see how you've been orchestrating things and putting us in situations bringing people into our lives, Lord God, that we can just be in awe of what you're preparing, of what you're doing. Lord, you never sit still. You're never quiet, Lord, in our, in our lives, Lord. Not, not because we have your word here. Lord, you can speak any time of the day or night. And so, Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters would be attentive to your voice and ready to hear your voice, Lord, that we might be obedient to do what you've told us to do and that we would not cower, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Let's stand.